1: This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Welcome back to the Winning Plays
2: Podcast. Brian Rob, Rich Levine, Ryan Bernardoni here. Having this conversation on Thursday night, the Celtics have lost six of their last nine. Visiting the Clippers on Friday night. B-Rob and Ryan, the Celtics need a lift. Danny Ainge has a juicy trade player exception. He's not afraid to use it. We're going to break down some of the top targets here. First, a bit of housekeeping. B-Rob, I see... So I said Thursday night we're having this conversation. They just released the injury report for the Celtics Clippers game. Jalen Brown pops up with a left, a sore left knee. That's not great. No Anything? Any insight on that? There's, did the, did, did you speak to anyone? Have, has there been any media availability? What can you tell uh, us
1: about that? So he did reference after the game last night and I can't tell you guys how much I enjoy one 45 AM media veils on the East coast here. Um, <laughs> But uh, he he did reference being, you know, the team being nicked up a bit. Um, and I do think, I don't know if you I mean, he has, he still played well in the last two games, but I think there has been a, you know, he has come back down to earth, if you will, to just like normal good Jalen as opposed to uh, all-star Jalen Brown. So I do wonder if there is a little bit of, of uh, wear and tear slash uh, a minor injury here that might be. And play, But yeah, certainly, right. not something
0: that this team is well-equipped to, to handle at this point uh, in the depth chart. Yeah, there's not not a lot more there. And if you take, I mean, obviously any team that takes out an all-star, they're going to struggle. Uh, but if you take him out on top of everybody else who's missing, uh, and just the fact that there's like nobody who can create particularly good shots right now other than than Jalen and Jason with uh, any night where Kemba's not playing, that would be would be difficult to to overcome. And yeah, I mean, it's the last couple of games he has come back down to earth a little bit, like you said. Now he's really good against the Lakers. Um, yes. So it's not like it's you know a, a collapse here and or coming all the way back down to last year stuff or a sort of a you know Siakam last year start out really hot and then sort of regress back down pretty quickly before anybody realized that he was he did have a really you know good game just even the last week. Uh, and it's you know, nobody's going to shoot seventy five percent from the mid range all season. I think the good thing there is that it's listed as questionable even for tomorrow. He's not, he hasn't been ruled out or anything like that. So it doesn't appear that there's, you know, uh, any sort of real concern about, about anything major there. So, you know, hopefully it's, it's nothing more than that. You figure they're probably going to go one and two on the rest of the road trip. Like, right. Every, anybody would take two and one from this point. Uh, so you're just kind of hoping that in these next couple of games, they can, can get a win and then get back home and, uh, I, you know, I was looking at it. I didn't realize quite how road heavy their schedule has been. I don't know, B-Rob, maybe you noticed because you're doing the, <laughs> you're doing the avails, but um, yeah, they'll be at eight home 15 road. And like, I don't remember there ever being a start to a season where it was that road heavy. So I'm sure that they're just sort of looking for like, okay, let's get back home. Let's get, you know, get Peyton Pritchard back and get, get Kemba on a playing most games. And, and hopefully Jalen doesn't have anything too serious and just kind of like make it through this period. And, and then they'll be fine and, and things will start to look up. And as Rich said, we can uh, talk about some, some trade stuff down the line that, that I know Danny talked about today. But I think that's sort of where they are now. It's a little bit of survival mode still trying to get through this early part of the season. B-Rob,
2: is there anything that jumped out to you the last two games? Uh, we're talking about the Golden State win and the Sacramento loss. Before we move into the, to the, to the trade talk, anything that jumped out that you want to point out, good or bad?
1: I mean, from a good standpoint, you got to mention Tristan Thompson waking up. Um, that was, and I, I don't. Can I go good and bad of Tristan Thompson here? Because I do think they're kind of unrelated.
2: <laughs> That's the beauty of Tristan Thompson.
1: Yeah, go for it. So Tristan Thompson had his best game of the season against the Kings. I would say pretty much by far had a double double in the third quarter, um, and then only played maybe like ten seconds in the fourth quarter, and so I think therein lies the the roster construction not issues right now but like the the conundrum of the allocation of resources and so i think partially that's a reflection of what tristan thompson has been this year which has been inconsistent so even when he is putting together a great game um you know the the trust isn't necessarily there yet particularly on a defensive end where you know that's a no-brainer for him to close over tice or rob williams um On the other hand, um, I do think he deserved to play in that game in the fourth quarter last night, Rich. And, um, you know, Rob Williams played well. Tice was solid, but like Thompson was just like kicking the crap out of the Kings bigs down low. And when the Celtics went cold late um, for a few possessions, um, he, you know, that's if you're not going to give him a shot in that spot, I'm not sure when he's going to get it.
2: Yeah, it was interesting, too, and I think I think it was in the fourth quarter. You could catch on the sidelines. One of the assistant coaches was kind of – you could see that he was talking to Tristan. It looked like maybe he was trying to talk him down a little bit, try to explain to him, okay, well, this is why you, you just had, like you said, the best game of your Celtics career, and now you're not playing when it matters most. Um, but, yeah, so who? So what were they doing instead? Because, because the Kings had homes out there, right? And then right. They, did
1: they have – did they had Barnes at four? Because I don't think – was Bagley playing down the stretch? No. So they, they benched Bagley – they, they ditched her double bigs, which was the smartest thing they could do because that's what lines up well for the That's the Celtic strength at this point. And Bagley is terrible. And Bagley, yeah, he, his defense, like, <laughs> oh my God, he is, um, that is a, a train wreck. And so, yeah, so they went with Holmes and Whiteside at the five, you know, on and off. And so, you know, Rob Williams played well. And again, there's no one on this podcast, I don't think it's going to complain about Rob Williams getting, getting, you know, solid, solid run. But then, you know, it's one of those things where, Defensively, like Thompson, when he has it going, like that's a guy you want in that spot. And um, you know the Celtics couldn't stop, in the words of Brad Stevens, a nosebleed down the stretch. And um, I think not having Thompson out there in a game he had it going was a, maybe a contributor there.
2: Well, listen, I think I think if Tristan can can put up a few more double doubles, and maybe he can earn that. I don't I don't think at this point in the season. You can really, like you said, the same, same way we're not going to get upset about Rob Williams playing. I don't think anyone can really get upset about Tristan Thompson being on the bench. But if you can keep it going, keep the momentum, start, like we said, playing himself into shape, maybe. That was like the best case scenario after what we saw the first few weeks that this guy, after not playing a real game since the the shutdown last March. Uh, that he was going to need a little extra time to become Tristan Thompson again. And at the very least, maybe that was a step. I think the, the good for me for the last two games, I'm going to say you, you touched on Rob Williams, the, the, both Williams. I think Grant Williams against Golden State, a uh, huge part of that victory, hitting shots, playing defense, just being a guy that you can throw out there with Jason, Jalen, Kemba. Whoever else you want and can do the good things that you need them to do. And I think Rob Williams again against Sacramento showed showed what he can do if you let him. And again, as we keep talking about the, as we get to talking about the trades, we're going to see. Hopefully, these guys can maybe move down the depth chart a little bit so you can have a deeper team. So if maybe the Williams and Williams are are aren't counted on quite as much, but you can still use them, then 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 you can become an even better team than they are right now. But at least we saw some a, a few bright spots. I think.
0: I think you also have to throw out there that, um, you know, on a night when they had basically nobody who could, who you would reliably want dribbling the ball that that Tatum had a tennis this night, you know, one rebound short of a triple double, not the super efficient scoring, but um, you know, I think that's the one other thing that sort of stands out. Now I've seen literally only highlights of the game because it ended at one o'clock in the morning and I have a Um, (laughs) two-year-old, but it's just, uh, you know, that's another, another thing that we've been looking for. He obviously showed it in the playoffs last year, but um even in a loss and like i said you know i took 26 shots scored 27 points but to to show that all around game again um so you can go sort of top to bottom with with some good and, and bad things um you know i, I agree the, the williams is and, and tristan maybe the story of the game but you don't ever want to lose in there that like hey uh your star player had 27 10 and 9 and um did that playing uh you know out of position for a decent amount of the game so um that, that's sort of what what stands out for me from from a couple of regular season games that ultimately were hopefully a little bit forgettable without having uh, any of the point guards available. Um, but little opportunities for growth here and there, I guess, is what you try to take out of that.
1: I, I do also want to bring up on top of that um, out of these couple games, or last night in particular, um, Brad Stevens being asked about the point guard rotation last night. What um, happened? A- no, just being like, oh, how you know, not like in a mean way, but just being like, you know, how do you you know, you guys were really sore in. And, you know, how do you think Tremont and Jephton? He was just, he was just like, they were fine. <laughs> and, and, and no, I had two of, they were fine. I like a two of, <laughs> two of 14 fine night. Um, and I, you know, it, that's, he's never going to, and that's his style. And that's totally fine that you're not going to, you're not going to throw a, a two-way guy under the bus. That's being asked to do too much. And a guy in Teague who I'm not sure how much longer he's going to be in the league at this point. Um, if, you know, if he does, doesn't make it through the season with this team. Um but yeah I mean they the those minutes were were really bad. And <laughs> there, there there's just no you know you can't really sh- sugarcoat that more than that. And the fact that again just the all year long the, the the lack of wing depth on this team and the fact that you know even in a game where you had four guys out in your wing slash guard rotation Neesmith wasn't on the floor like which is fine, like if he's not ready, like that's fine. But the fact that they have no one in that spot that can really play a legitimate two or three and actually shoot a three pointer again is was uh, I think arguably cost him the game last night.
0: Or finish I mean, a dunk, can't shoot yeah, a
1: two, right? I mean, right. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the Javantek dunk. Rich, you had a did you did you comment? see it yet, Ryan, or no?
0: I did, yeah. I had to go. And, <laughs> I had to go and check right as right after you had uh, texted me. I had to go in. And, and go again, like like like, like, it, like wild.
2: We're talking about crunch time of a regular season game of any NBA game. And, and again, much respect to Javante green. He's not in your, your finishing lineup. He's not a crunch time player in the NBA. He's certainly not a guy that you're necessarily going to try to dunk from one step in front of the foul line with a game on the line. I mean, I respect it. I respect him going to the hoop, but I just don't even want him to be in that position. Again, there's one game, right. We, we got everyone's injured. Uh, you can't get too worked
0: up about it, but I guess that's what we're doing. Well, I mean, you got right at the end of the game, it- what are the the biggest plays come down to are Javante trying to dunk. And then Grant Williams is out there and maybe he would be out there, even if, if everybody was fully healthy, because that's uh, a position in that play that he's run before, but uh, down three, they foul him basically on the catch, trying to run a, you know, trying to run a play. And so what does it come down to? He misses a free throw and then does a very nice job intentionally missing a free throw, but it's like, yeah, okay. On, on our biggest possessions, it's Javante green and, and (laughs) and and that's like, not exactly what you want to be happening when this you know when you get to the playoffs. So um hopefully also that,
1: not good for grants a 50% or
0: 65% really free throw. Like so that's like that's really on Brad Stevens. Are you he
1: should not be making that pass because you have to know that foul is coming.
0: Yeah if it's a two-point game then it's totally fine to have him in that spot because he's been in that spot like literally for that play before and you can he can reliably make that catch and then and then that little shovel pass from his from his winner play. Um, I think what he Tatum actually made the shot after the whistle, even from from pretty deep, you know, uncontested. But uh, the play design is fine; um, it's worked for him a number of times. But yeah, I agree. If if it's a two point game, they're not going to obviously they're not going to intentionally foul him there. But in a three point game, you have to figure that that's coming, particularly if it's going to Grant. So uh, not ideal. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, before before we move on, let me tell you guys that the Super Bowl is here and you get in on all the action at Bet Online. Tampa Bay, the first team in history to play for the title on their home field, is currently a three and a half point underdog against Kansas City, looking for back to back titles for the first time in almost two decades. It's the GOAT against the next in line. Bet online has hundreds of props in the game, including game MVP, margin of victory, even the length of the national anthem. I was looking at, at some of the other uh Brian, what do you think? Is Bitcoin gonna be up or down on Sunday? That that's one of the uh, one of the, the, the props that point? you can bet on.
0: It's all, we're all in a dogecoin now. <laughs> uh, what's that i said we're all in on dogecoin now
2: yes right um yeah uh, amanda gorman apparently is going to be speaking uh the first word word of amanda gorman's poem during the super bowl um will the with the chief's coin toss call be, be correct will any player slap sarah thomas on the butt that's that's uncalled for um okay um that, that, i swear to god that's on there that's not wow. like me making a bad joke um anyways uh, Bet online has hundreds of props always available online on your mobile device. Visit Bet Online today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Um, all right, so if we're if we're putting money on Danny Ainge, you this TPE, it's hundred percent right. It's happening.
1: Yes. I bet I bet the house and the farm, and especially now, and I say that as knowing that Danny Ainge has made one midseason trade in the last five years. Um, but Ryan, I feel this is uh, as close to a lock as you're going to get in an NBA season at this point.
0: Yeah, it'll be a pretty big failure if they if he doesn't use it. I, you can't ever say that it's like a lock. There's got to be somebody who wants to trade with them. I think we've talked at, at different times before about how it might be like a pretty pretty serious seller's market and that the value is not there, but like, this is, you have, they just have to use it and at least part of it, um, uh, you know, I think it, at this point, so, uh, I would certainly hope so.
1: I mean, it's just a structure that tra- like the trade ex- exception makes trades a lot easier, so you can do yeah. the pick for the player. So this is like the, the usual reasons why the they haven't done a trade in the past, which are very understandable, um, factor in a lot less here.
0: And we can talk about all the reasons why, they should not hold on to it because there are there was that I think at the beginning of the season some thought process to like no they sh- maybe they won't use it this season they'll try to use it at the draft or you know at the beginning of free agency next season it's not really worth going into all the details of it we we could I think we have before um, but there the opportunity to use it once you get into the end of the season is not as good as it is right now for I think the simplest reason that this is a good team now and you want to be able to get players who can help in in this playoff run. Uh, but, you know, people who are thinking, oh, you can use it next year to, to sign a free agent, you know, do a sign and trade, like that would hard cap them in a way that's not viable. So they, the, the opportunity cost is not that great of using it now. If you, if, you know, if you're thinking that you're going to get something better in the offseason. So yeah, use it now, playoff run now. You've got two all-stars now, plus Kemba, you know, who knows what, what Kemba will be when he starts hopefully looking back to his best. Um, so I would consider it to be a pretty major failure if they don't come out uh, with something pretty good on the other side.
1: So what we're going to do, we have a list.
0: Let's
2: oh, say, go ahead, You're up. You
0: Yeah, no, know, before we get to the list, I have a question for, I'll go give it to you, Rich,
1: in terms of usage of this. The case, you know, the case, obviously, trade deadline, more sellers emerge, the longer you wait, you know, opportunity, cost. But based on where this team is right now and like, you know, in, integrating guys in a kind of a crazy season, the sooner the better, you'd think especially if a bigger move, Like how, where do you come down on that in terms of like, you know, trying to do something maybe in the next couple of weeks here, you know, the, the, the date that free agents can start to be traded is February 6th. Like that's next week, um, versus, you know, kind of waiting to see what maybe some more interesting fish become available down the line.
2: Yeah. February 6th, two days from now. Is it really? Yeah. It's February 4th. Right. Wow. Um, and then the trade deadline is what the 25th of March. Yes uh so yeah obviously yeah, right the, the the sooner the better if you can get an extra six weeks of reps with and again if it's, if it's a significant player that you're really going to have to work in and he's going to have to learn how to play with Kemba and the Jays and and all that yeah the, the the sooner the better I don't see any reason to to wait um again obviously like you you said too, more guys might become available. Some teams might be a little bit more pressed or pressured to make a move as you get a little bit closer to deadline. But I think if you can make the move, I think we're, as, as we're talking about Jalen's knees starting to be a little bit sore, obviously Kemba is not going to be playing back to backs. It, so it, it helps in the long ter- term and it would help in the, in the short term. So yeah, I say go for it.
0: Can I throw out some of the mechanics that we have to worry about here before uh, we get into players uh, Please, i will then definitely try to avoid talking too much stuff about salary after that uh, although there are some players where i'm, I'm sure i'll bring it up so um uh, there's a couple things to keep in mind they're currently 15 and a half million below the luxury tax uh, i think ideally they will be below the luxury tax because they, they want to reset their repeater status for future years when when uh, jason's extension has kicked in and is is quite expensive um they have to move out at least one player to get a player in trade. They don't have any players that are, uh, you know, there's uh, no open roster spot. So the least uh, expensive player makes one and a half million Carson or Javante. So if you remove one of those, then that 15 and a half goes up to 17. So that's sort of your baseline number. You have to get about 17 million, or you can add up to about 17 million to stay under the cap. Uh, The apron, they are at 19.6 million under that. So they cannot in any way at any time, even for one minute, Go over the the hard cap, the apron. But again, if you take a player out, then uh, that goes up to you know uh, about 21 million that they could potentially uh, play with there. So if you want to add anybody over 21 million, then it's not just trading out Carson or Javante as, as a move. You have to you know make up the the remainder of the money there in order to to have that work. Um, and a couple other things, retradeability. We just passed the deadline for retrades, so anybody that you acquire now cannot be called aggregated with anybody else so you can't trade it you know pick up a 10 million dollar player add them to tristan thompson trade them out for a 20 something million dollar player you can't re-aggregate it's not a big deal for the celtics because they have the the trade exception anyway Uh, and then the last part of that is i get a lot of questions about this about like hey could they trade for somebody who makes 25 million and then trade that player for bradley Beal because he does not fit into the trade exception and the answer to that has never really been tested but most people uh, just believe that the answer is no. And that if you tried to do that, the league would uh, call that circumvention. So players like that are in that world that sometimes you get, you hear questions about, we're just going to like ignore them and just <laughs> say, that guy's not going to finner the apron. You'd have to do too much and it wouldn't be legal anyway. So for anybody who has that question, just going to put that out there that we do not believe that that is legal.
1: Okay. There you have it. Let's get to the list.
0: All right. And then
2: we're going to, we're going to sort of come to some sort of rating for, for each one of these guys based on how much we would like to see it and combine that with how likely it is that this guy's even available. The other team would do it, but they could find uh, a deal that works for both sides. Yada, yada, yada. All right. We're going to start to a guy that he's, that has been in the conversation for at least the season, uh, Aaron Gordon. And we're going to do about two, three minutes on, on each of these guys. Keep it moving. Uh, Aaron Gordon, uh, 18 this year, 16 next year. Uh, can do a little bit of everything, rebound, defend, much better passer than, than than he was, much improved three point shooter, up to 37%. Is injured right now, and I think will be for, for at least another month. So, B Rob, as we talk about a guy that you could come in and start working at immediately, probably not uh, one of those guys, but Orlando's in an interesting situation. Uh, what do you think, uh, B Rob? We'll start with you,
1: Aaron Gordon. So, are we doing one rating here, Rich, for putting all those factors into play we just talked about? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, like, we'll say one to 10, 10, most likely, one least likely Um, Gordon. I'm going to go. I'm dropping down to three because of the injury factor. I think he's out for a month from a, from an availability standpoint, it's good Ryan in the sense that Arlenos is going to get bad here. And I think they're going to be more inclined to, to shake things up um, and kind of move in a closer to a, not a full rebuild direction, but um, you know, realize that, keeping this group together this year doesn't make a ton of sense. Um but with the the costs for him, the injury question mark um of something like this that we're at, that sidelines him for a heap of time um even though the fit is 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 good, I think that the uh the the combination of those factors will make it a little make it more unlikely.
0: I think this is a good guy to have first because he's sort of the baseline here. Uh, I know you said a three, I would put it more like a five Uh, with the injury. I think he's coming back just early enough before the the trade deadline that you would probably feel okay. Uh, You know, you know, know pretty much where he was Um, It's a player who you would have to have pass a medical uh, at this point. Uh, And he's like, like Rich said, he's been in the conversation for quite a while and Orlando's bad. They're just bad and they should trade him. He doesn't fit with their team going forward. Uh, his value is just going to continue to dwindle from here. Uh, so they should move him. And I think he is, like I said, kind of the baseline where like, if you get to the trade deadline and none of the better players have become available and he looks healthy, then, you know, if you get worse than Aaron Gordon, I think you kind of feel bad about, about how things have played out. Um, so I think, but I, I mean, he has the benefit of availability, uh, at least mm-hmm. trade availability, if not health availability, and I don't think he would cost a ton and he is a, you know, a better fit in terms of what the team needs than um, a lot of the other guys who I think we'll end up talking about here. So I'll set him at a five.
2: Yeah. That, that was, that was going to be my next question. Like, what do you think is a reasonable offer for, for Aaron Gordon? Like what, like, I guess if the magic are going to go down that road, we know that they think they would like to probably run it back with everyone that they have. And they can use these injuries as an excuse of like, okay, we can't see what we really are, but like, what do you think it would really take to to get their attention?
1: Two first round picks and a young guy on the roster that
0: might be good. See, I think it's two of those three It's probably all it costs for him at this point, especially with the injury. So Neesmith and a first or Romeo and a first or two first, you know, unprotected this year, protected uh, two years from now. Something like that. Like I just, I don't think that he's going to cost all that much at this point with, with what he is and perception around the league and coming off the injury and, and all that. Um, I mean, Same, if it's all three, yeah. whatever, maybe. But my guess is it's two of those three.
2: Okay. Next up, Harrison Barnes, guy we, we saw last night for Sacramento, is on contract two more years, about 20 million a year, uh, shooting 40% from three. And he, yeah, he's averaging 17.6 rebounds, but that's also 35 minutes a night for a team where he can kind of do what he wants. Um, I like the fit. <laughs> you know, and, and he's detect- Harrison Barnes got a bum rap for a long time in the NBA. Sort of the guy that they like, he was, he was on that Golden State team. Got a big, big contract. Maybe, I don't know if it was just the right place, right time. I don't know if he necessarily deserved it. Got a bad rap because of that, but very solid pro, still relatively young. Uh, has obviously done it, has done it in the, in the NBA Finals. Um, I think he fits in
0: nicely with what the Celtics need. Yeah. I and mean, I think, yeah, go um, ahead, Ryan. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I, I agree with, with all that. It's surprising that he's only 28. He feels older than that. Uh, There's a little bit of challenge here with the money because that uh, his salary does put you over the apron to begin with and over the tax. You'd have to send somebody else out who's making some actual money. And so if that gets into a little bit of the competition, yeah, I mean, Tice or Thompson, if you really want to get under the tax, um, it might even have to be Tristan Thompson. I have to look at the exact numbers there, but uh, it gets, it gets pretty tight. Uh, So that would be some challenge. If you don't care about the tax and you're just like, whatever, we'll, you know, we'll pay the repeater in a couple of years and, and who really cares then uh it makes it a little bit easier yeah i mean he's a good fit he can he does what they need a player to do and defenses will risk him which is one of the important things here of just like a guy who they aren't going to ignore in the corners um and uh he just just kind of makes sense uh, like i said it's just money is really the only really question here. if you've made like 18 then it would be he would be like really high on the list. It's just a little bit over that line, really. Oh, uh, okay. You're gonna have to move somebody and that might get a little more complicated.
1: Yeah. I mean, the fit is like an eight or a nine and, and the standpoint to, to your point, Rich, like he came into Dallas, got paid like a star and obviously is not uh, a viable number one or number two option on a, on a decent team. So now having gone through that, you know, having played on a lot of bad teams for a while here, I think he would be welcome to be the, the, the three, four, five option most nights and like willing to do some of the dirty work. He's, you know, he's not a perfect player by any means. Um, he's still overpaid, but, um, from a shooting versatility standpoint, it's about as good as you're going to do. Here's the problem though, guys. When why I think this is like a three still Sacramento, they're starting to look good here. They want to make the playoffs. They're 10 and 11. Um, and they really have no incentive to move him unless it's for a mother load offer. Because if, if they had matched the Bogdanovich deal, they would have been, you know, had, had a lot of extra money in the books, but now they're, they're, their payroll is 108 million. They're in pretty good shape for next year. So like, there's not a ton of incentive for them to move him now. And they're certainly not going to get, you know, anyone to come to Sacramento to replace them. Um, that's as good in free agency. I feel like without, overpaying them a ton so I really think the Celtics might not have one of, I imagine it's going to be like the Kings are going to be like we want two first round picks and you know Langford and maybe something else and the Celtics are going to be like yeah that's a lot for Harrison Barnes
2: yeah I'm not breaking the bank for for like I said, it's a great fit ideally I I still don't know if he necessarily makes you a, a put you over the top and make you a real title contender in which case, like I don't know, I mean, I'd rather have Aaron Gordon. Maybe, maybe the Kings want to, it. Could I mean, give all his minutes to Halliburton. I mean, he's, Halliburton's playing twenty nine a night anyway, so it's not like he, he would even gain that much. But yeah, I mean, when I, I mean, you put it that way, Be Rob, it's it's maybe it doesn't feel quite as likely. I'll put it as a, as a six. This yeah, is just I, the Kings, and you never really know what they're going to do.
0: <laughs> it doesn't matter who's running the show. It's always a bit I'm of a wild card. Putting it all together into one number gets harder here, right? As opposed to Rich, where you started and said like, how much would you like him and how much do you think he's available? I think he's a good fit, but I agree that he's probably not available. Now the question here is six weeks from now, what's the league going to look like? It's something that it's just so much of the league is bunched around 500 that there aren't a ton of teams that feel out of it now. If that continues on for the next month, then the trade, you know, trade market could get pretty tight, which is one of the things that I've been worried about. Um, So if Sacramento goes on a you know loses six of their next seven or something does that all change but yeah i agree at the moment that why would they really like be looking to move him uh there's they seem to want to make the playoffs after um you know not not being there recently uh and i think a lot of teams probably look at this weird season as an opportunity to do that particularly even with the play-in game like would they trade harrison bards and throw away a chance even like at the even at a playoff a play-in game sort of situation they might not
2: so we like to Fit B, Rob. Who would you rather have? Uh, Harrison Barnes or Larry Nance Jr. Oof. So a guy who who who's g- again uh, can can rebound, score a little bit, shooting 38% from three this year. Uh pretty solid passer. Uh also a very solid guy, stand-up individual, which which fits with with a lot of what the, the kind of guys that Danny Ainge t- tries to bring in. Also a guy that the Celtics, I know they they were gonna uh, yeah,
0: they to draft,
2: win. yeah, draft with their second first round pick in, in, in 15, the the Lakers uh picked him and Celtics ended up a nice consolation prize of RJ Hunter. Um but so maybe this is a, a long time coming Larry Nance and the Celtics.
1: Uh what do you think? Yeah I mean so Barnes is definitely the better fit I think just for his defensive
0: versatility but Nance I think is the Wait far- wait, wait, wait wait. Barnes is a better fit. Larry Nance is having like an unbelievable defensive season as a as a as a 4 or 5. Oh yeah I just like, I don't I don't great. I I don't trust the I mean Barnes is having a career year
1: too. And no, I just I mean, don't, I don't even, trust, no, no, no. I don't trust. No, 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 We're not I going, going trust... there on their defense. <laughs> no, I mean, no, no. Like from a Larry Nance chasing around speedy wings or Harrison Barnes chasing around speedy wings. I mean, Larry yeah, still, you still Nance. want Larry
0: Nance there. Oh, by, like by a mile right now. He's stealing the <laughs> ball like left and right. He's blocking shots. He's playing great defense. Harrison Barnes is, I mean, I would rather have Harrison Barnes guarding, guarding the post probably. Uh, he's been good at that for, you know, basically his entire career. But no, Nance is having a, an outrageously good defensive season. He just never shoots the ball. Like that's his problem right now. He, and maybe that's good for the Celtics. His usage is like zero. He's just right. <laughs> not shooting it at all. It, now, when he shoots threes, he makes them. But he does. He, he doesn't ever get to the free throw line, and Barnes gets to the free throw line, and the Celtics do not get to the free throw line. And to me, that's a big difference between between the two on offense. But like if you're talking about defense, I would much rather have have Nance than Barnes right now. Yeah, I mean, Nance again. It's.
1: I think we're at this, like. Fours and fives, Nance. Barnes, I still think can like from a speed standpoint, I'll still take him, but we'll agree to disagree on that one. I just I guess with Nance, I think the the price is going to be a lot lower than Barnes, given you know the lower usage and you know, the three-point shot has come along a lot, but it's still not a high frequency. So I think that's a guy that's going to be left open. Um, you know, when he's out there and if he's out there in a closing time lineup. But yeah, I mean, I put this as a like a six. Um, Cleveland just has so many big men yeah, Cleveland's gonna have to do stuff and this is if they want to maximize value this is um and I'd really do for the seller standpoint this is a terrific contract to add to the books in terms of you know only 11 this year 10 and then it goes down to 10 and 9.6 in 22 23 that's whether you want to keep them or eventually move them for some other kind of deal that's just a it's a movable contract
0: yeah, We talked about him in the preseason as trade targets, I think right after the TP was open and, and I sort of like laughed at it. I was like, no, I think he's a bad contract. I don't think, you know, he's never really played up to that level. Like he's making me look bad on, on that this year. Now, some of the same problem as, as what you have with Sacramento, like they're 10 and 12 and they've done that having a bunch of injuries in their backcourt and they may think that they're going to make the playoffs too. Um, so you have, I think exactly the same situation and for all that we're saying, he's a four and a five, like he plays a ton of three for them, not a ton. He plays three for them. He plays on the <laughs> wing a decent amount because they don't have any wings and they have all these bigs. And that's part of why his defense has been really good. Like he's been jumping, passing lanes and, and stripping ball handlers left and right. Like he's, he really is having like a crazy good year for, for steals. Um, he's a really good transition player and the Celtics have a lot of good transition players. But like I said, once you actually get him in the half court offense, he doesn't really do a whole lot. And. Once again, I don't actually know if he'll become available without making like a really heavy offer. And if you're going to make a really heavy offer, then there might be a couple of players who who I would rather have. But like, he'd be pretty high on that list in terms of just because that is, contract is so good. Is
2: he definitely better better than Tice as a center?
0: No, because he's not. That's what I'm saying. I and mean, he's six seven. He's not a center really. He's a right. four now, not a four five. Like he can play small ball center if you really need to. But no, he's not Tice as a center. He's but he's a he's better than. Grant Williams as a four, and he's better than Javante as a three. Uh, like he's an upgrade across the the forward line, but yeah, I mean he's only a small ball center, and even then, I I don't know how much he would play there for you know for this team. Also, guess, he doesn't he doesn't foul that much too. It's only two point two fouls per thirty six minutes, which is
1: uh, I mean compared to the the reserve bigs in the Celtics, that's a, just a fantastic
0: number. He's a really weird player. <laughs> he's just like he doesn't he doesn't do much of anything noticeable on offense. And, uh, and like I said, he's for maybe it's just smoke and mirrors and it's been 20 games and it'll fall off. He's always been like an active defensive player, but the defensive player that he's shown this season is part of why they've had such a good defense this year is just like, Oh, Larry Nance went from being like an okay defender to just taking the ball away. Like he's, you know, Marcus smart incarnate playing power forward. <laughs>
2: Uh, speaking of small ball centers, uh, a man who has averaged 10 points, five rebounds in a steal a game for the last 13 seasons. Uh, the very exciting Thad Young. Uh, what do you guys think? He's in Chicago right now. Three point shot has struggled this year, but he was up to almost 35% last year. He's Thad Young. You know who he's going to get. He, he's a guy who maybe could play a little bit of small ball center. He's going to rebound. He's egoless. He's going to do a lot of the the, the nitty gritty Uh He's a guy that, that, that ends up on – he's played on some bad teams. He's also played on some pretty decent teams. He's a guy that can help, that can help good teams become better. Uh, and I think you could probably get him for pretty cheap from Chicago. What do you think?
0: Uh, so Ooh. interestingly, he's playing – he's recently seemed to start to play a different role um, where he's basically playing like point forward for them. So again, it's another team that has a weird lineup, right? So Nance is playing in a different role in Cleveland because they have all these bigs and two-point guards who just want to shoot the ball a lot. Um, sort of similar with Levine and white he's been playing as like a short roll passers or like a Draymond uh, sort of style for, for a lot of the season His assist percentage. So uh, you know, point guards normally have assist percentage around like 30, 40%, something like that is up to 25. It's never been above 15 and it's usually below 10 for his <laughs> entire career. Like he really is whipping the ball around and, and being a sort of a hub in their offense, which is an interesting development for a 32 year old who has literally never shown it before. So again, is that smoke and mirrors? um if it's not he can do it right he can at least do it at the nba level that's the thing like it's a really interesting skill development to fit him into the celtics offense where there is quite a lot of ball movement and passing when it's playing well you know he doesn't take a ton of threes he doesn't make a ton of threes so he's not great like sort of spacing out to the corner and my concern there is that the celtics have all three of their big men are best on the roll already like they don't really have a pick and pop pick and pop big they have you know, three, three bigs who are rolling anyway. So like, do they start to get in the way if he's trying to play this sort of new role when he, when he comes to the Celtics, or can he be more like what he was, um, you know, at, at earlier stops in his career where he's giving a little bit more spacing and just sort of flashing some of these passing skills. So I think he's a, a good fit. Uh, I think he's more available likely than the last couple of guys we talked about because Chicago isn't, uh, I don't think they're quite as clearly in it. Uh, they're, they're only eight, eight and 12, right? Like they're not totally out of it because nobody, basically nobody. out of it um but he's got some skills that are like interesting but hard to know if you should believe them and where you actually fit them into this team sure
1: yeah it's um this is a backup backup plan um he's 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 solid and they should he's certainly better than than not doing anything um i just think that it's not a huge upgrade on you know like you said like to ryan's point like he's he's not going to spread the floor um from three reliably and he's not a great rebounder um, at least defensively. And so like how, how much better is he going to be than grant Williams Um, better, but and enough to pay him, you know, $14 million next year. Eh. So maybe, I mean, I don't, what would you guys do and give up for him here? Like you're not giving up a, there's a deal where you like, if every, like if Gordon, if all the guys we talked about are just not on the table,
0: then you go to the bulls and say, Hey, we'll give you, what like a second round pick? Like, I think it's probably just, your first, but I mean that's going to be the twenty, you know, twenty fourth, twenty fifth pick, something like like if you really need to get that done, I think that's probably. I don't even the do that. I I like because then you're paying fourteen million dollars next year, and I don't think that's money yeah. really well spent. I mean, it, uh, I think that might be fine. Uh, the question, the question you have there is: you get into a playoff series, do you trust him to defend Tobias Harris, or Benson's? Do you trust him to defend Giannis? Are you trusting him to defend? Like what is his actual value that he's adding versus some of these other guys who like you can't imagine sort of particularly on the defensive end uh, where you would put them. And it's not that he's a bad defender. He's just kind of a different defender. Um, you, you almost feel more comfortable having a defend like traditional power forwards that the best teams generally aren't even playing at this point. So that's my concern, a little bit of my concern there. And, and maybe, yeah, it's not the, the best allocation of, of resources. And after saying and continuing to say that I didn't want to pay Miles Turner $18 million because I don't really like his play type. Um, <laughs> it would be weird to then turn around and say that I want to pay 14 million to that young and, and give up a first round pick to get it. So I get that. Maybe it's a little bit of desperation. Like if you literally get down to the trade deadline and it's that young for a first round pick or nothing, are you going to walk away and say no and take nothing and just like burn it after all we've been talking about? That would be tough to swallow. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's not, not perfect.
2: Brian, you mentioned uh, that his that his assist numbers sort of come out, out, out of nowhere, right? That he's developed this this, this this passing skill, but even just that you have this role in the offense. Anyways, he has one assist game in his career. It was back in uh, 2014, a Sixers Pacers game. Uh, only three other players from that game are still active in the NBA today, uh, one of them being George Hill. Mm. Do you want to guess? The, do you want, you want to take a crack what at the other two? 2014, Sixers Pacers. Oh god. George Hill and two other guys. Both on the Pacers.
0: (laughs) Is it Drew Holiday? No. Is that the year before?
2: Paul Paul George? Paul George is one.
0: Oh, Um, Sixers Pacer. Oh, I was thinking only the Sixers side. Um George's
1: brother Solomon. So there you go. Wow.
2: Yeah. Anyways, George Hill uh, consistently shoots above 40% from three. Uh, I, I saw uh, only seven active players have appeared in more playoff games than uh, George Hill and one of them is Adonis Haslam so I don't know how much you want to count that anyways he probably will be available he is pretty cheap he is a guy who can if, if even if you're going to have him play a Jeff Teague role he could do that uh, I would think about 10-15 times better than Jeff Teague is able to do that right now uh, the Thunder you would think would probably be willing to move him uh, what do we think about him coming to Boston?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a move. This is very high on the list. And um, Peyton Pritchard's development makes the need for him a little bit less. But I don't know. I look at George Hill and I see just a guy who actually, you know, shows up in the playoffs and will give you something off the bench. And, you know, we saw what he did at the Southern's and Kyrie Irving a couple of years ago. Um, but generally when Eric Bledsoe's, you know, crapped the bed year after year, it's George Hill that's like, reliable third option for the Bucks. so um only nine million dollars which means you can still get him and potentially another player if you move enough salary out um so if you're swinging big this year this is the
0: guard i think you want to go after ryan and so i'm probably like a we'll go like a seven here if you're in the guard market i agree with that Uh, ideally you're not in the guard market or you're in it as a secondary so like you said there's some players where you could get get somebody else and have enough space to, to also go after him. And under that circumstance, like I would definitely do it. I agree the Pritchard uh, emergence, whatever you want to call it uh, early on, made it less of a pressing need to fill that role, even with Jeff T completely falling off the face of the earth. Uh, but Peyton Pritchard in the playoffs might be a little bit of a different situation than Peyton Pritchard in the first month of the season. And so I would agree that, uh, that he'd be a really nice fit. Uh, the, the question I have there. Is basically like, can you imagine a situation where in the fourth quarter of a playoff game that you care about, he's on the floor? Like, is he gonna? Who is he going to play over Kemba, Smart, or Tyce? With the bigger guys, you can imagine it being possibly Tyce in a small ball, or you know Marcus or uh, or Kemba even, it, depending on sort of score and opponent. It's harder to see where he would actually get on the floor in that situation. Now that doesn't mean that he doesn't have any value. He certainly does. Um, and I would like to be able to see what Romeo Langford could do before the trade deadline in order to decide, you know, how much I care about about defense at, at two guard, um, before I, I spent too much on Hill, but yeah, I mean, amongst the guards, if that's the position you're trying to fill. And especially if you've already done something else and still have space, like he's a really obvious one.
2: And what's, uh, what's wrong with Darius Burton's right now in Washington. Wizard scored a ton of points. Yeah. He got, he, he shot, got paid, he got paid. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really that simple, huh?
1: And we should it's also should say scene. to wrap up Hill. He's also hurt right now for the next four weeks um he had some kind of thumb procedure oh. just now so he in term- itis, yeah
0: lottery itis for the yes. thunder stop right. stop winning us games here We're trying I, to get kate cunningham <laughs>
1: honestly there whatever this was it sounded like a procedure that was made up um it was yeah minor surgical procedure on his right thumb re in four weeks that was on tuesday so he will be nice and fresh for the trade deadline um based on that timeline so that's just a what that does to his actual value, but back to (laughs) Bertans. Yeah. So is he, so he's, we
2: don't, the Celtics don't want him. Don't want anything to do with him. I mean, is it worth like if you put him in in a, in a better atmosphere surrounded by better players where, I mean, I I don't know. I I just say, you you see what's going on in Washington, see the points that team are putting up. And I know Beal's doing a lot of it. I know maybe playing with what Russell Westbrook isn't always the easiest uh, task, but um, is it worth, making a run at Darius Burton's or Davis uh, Davis Bertans.
0: only for the memes uh, <laughs> I think Danny in his uh radio thing today it said basically like it doesn't make much sense to to go out and get a shooter or can't defend because we're not gonna be able to play him anyway and, and I think he was mostly talking about like JJ Reddick sort of face Bas- I think he was talking specifically about JJ Reddick because uh, the Pelicans had put the Celtics into a rumor to try to drum up interest in Reddick and they were like no we don't want JJ Reddick because he can't defend um Bertans obviously does not play two guard, but are you going to have him on the books for the next five years, four years after this one in mid-teens month, Um, if he can't really defend and you're not – I mean, we're even going to play him on the team. He's, he's going to be a reserve, obviously. Uh, so I don't think that Kirk really works. Uh, I believe that he's – I don't think he's going to be a 30-something, you know, a 32, 33% three-point shooter for the entire season. I'm sure he'll, his shooting will come back, and if he was making $7 million like he was last year, then it would be great but I don't think they're interested in him this contract and position and defensive lacking.
2: Okay. Speaking of contract and defense, would you say the same thing about DeMar DeRozan? Is that a non-starter
0: for you? Uh, I don't like DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> I just don't <laughs> <up>? want to. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: It's, I just don't
1: say, I mean, to, to make the money work, like, and you just have, it's, he's not bringing anything extra defensively with the, the wings you already have. So like, yeah, I'm given what the, the Spurs will probably be asking for. I'd, I'd be out there.
0: Um, he, you, he, could, you could but, move Thompson for him and still be above the luxury tax. You'd have to move somebody a Tice or larger in order to just stay under the apron. So like, you'd have to include somebody from the rotation to, to get him. He's, you can't play him with Kemba Walker like ever you just you're not allowed to do that Um <laughs> uh, i that yeah, his defense, I'm just defense not is that guy. bad right yeah yeah and um, his and his playoff tracker and he has to dribble and his playoff tracker is terrible and he needs to have the ball in order to be at all effective because he doesn't he's not a spot option, like a couple more threes this year i think in a few games I and mean, even maybe ever on i don't even know um but like he's the fourth best spur and the spurs are a below 500 team and he made me eight million dollars like uh, no, thanks. <laughs> okay.
2: Former teammate of DeMar DeRozan uh, and a favorite of Ryan Bernardoni, OG Ananobi. Is there, and I know you've, you've sort of been been championing this cause. Yeah. You were the first one I, I saw you really put it out there. Is Do you think that there's any way that the, that the Raptors not
0: only be willing to sell, but sell to the Celtics? Sure. Why not? <laughs> um, I don't think it's likely that they trade him. Uh, they... You know, I'm sure they like him and uh, they might think that they have a future with him. I think that they might also think that he'll have more trade value if looking to go and get a star player instead of sell him for draft picks uh, somewhere down the line. But like Masai has complete free hand to do whatever he wants at this point. He, you know, if he wants to leave the franchise, he can, if he wants to stay there for the rest of his career, he can, he just delivered a title. Like he can basically do whatever he wants. And is he really going to be concerned with being like, oh, if I'm going to rebuild, I don't want the Celtics to be good. I don't sure. think they care like, no, if, they're rebuilding, like, if they're looking yeah. at it no of course like you make the best trade you can. now again I'm not saying that they will trade him but every player basically every player has some trade price that you can get them for right like just because they signed him to a contract that just means that he's worth more than he was before they signed him to a contract it doesn't mean that they will then never trade him and what's their real future now like what is the Fred Van Vliet Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi core doing for you because they have this off season where like they were planning on trying to go and get Giannis, but that's not going to happen. So do they think, you know, do what, like, what is, what exactly are they, are they working at here? Is Kawhi going to come back? I don't, that seems <laughs> unlikely. Like there aren't a lot of other free agents for them to now use the flexibility that they've been carving out. And if that's what you're looking at is like locking in a core, that's not like all that special. And we had heard, when you know when Masai came to Toronto like he didn't want to be in that position that he had been in other franchises where they sort of felt in the middle like that and if they do start to look to break it down then he's the 10 right he's the one who is like the perfect fit next to Jason and Jalen for the next you know however long now his contract isn't super long because the last year of it is is um is an option I believe and I might be wrong about that I think it's an option right wasn't it like the weird Mm -hmm. contract was like the first extension of this type that was an option
1: I, it's um, on, it's not marked as an option on basketball reference, but I, you know, that could be wrong. You
0: know was? I thought that was the reporting that it was like the weird, hold on, let me go look that it was like one of the first ex- non max extensions that included an option year at the end. Yeah. Well, let me go look because me, I am totally wrong about that, but be What uh, do you think yes, it, it takes is. to, it to, to knock? What's that? Sorry, Brian. It is an option year. So he's got, to, you know, three years after this year. So it's not like a five-year contract or something like this. And I'm saying like, you go in and you test them. That's all you do. You have the conversation where you say, Hey, you can pick Lankford or Neesmith if you like one of them and we'll give you three unprotected picks. And we will, you know, and we don't have to send you out any money and there's poison pill concerns around his contract. Cause we have a TP, you know, they have the big TPE to use and it's just like that's superstar price. If they say no, then okay, you move on. But like you definitely have that conversation first.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that is, that's a, a guy that's worthy of making that kind of an offer. I do think though, from Toronto standpoint, they might be better think serve as you mentioned around like use him as a centerpiece to get the next star via another trade and whether that is who that guy is and when how that times out you know remains to be seen but yeah this is you know when you when you're trying to make the best version of yourselves now and in the future this is a guy that you know we have saw last postseason what he can be um, as the, the perfect compliment and um, is worth kind of putting pushing all your chips into the middle of the table um, to maximize what you have now.
0: And like I the, realize he's shooting 43% from three this year. But he doesn't shoot much. So here's the question I have for both of you. Like over under half an all-star game for his career. yeah. yeah right? Like one, maybe I, it's really, I think that's the line. And so the question is like, is there an untradable guy who is never going to make, who you don't think is likely to ever make an all-star game? No, it's very much sort of like the Jay Crowder situation that the Celtics had, where it's like, Oh, you can trade Jay Crowder. He's got five years on this great deal. Like he's worth so much. And then the contract sort of goes and winds down. And yes, he ended up being part of a, part of a bigger trade sort of after I think the of his value had, had gone by, but it's like, this, he's not a guy who, this is not Kevin Durant, right? Now every, now every it's team just, is traded Jay Crowder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And once you've like broken the seal, they start getting those players start to get moved around and like, he's a really good version of this player, but really like, will he ever make an all-star game? And does, is there an untradeable, never future all-star who's going to be making, you know, mid again, mid high teens money next year. And it's just like this idea that like nobody can envision trading him after all of the trades we've seen over the last couple of years I just find it odd. And again, if they say no, and they're just like, no, it would take five first round picks then okay, but you move on. Like, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you push that until the very end to try to make that happen? Because he just is like the guy that you would want to make into this three headed monster for the next five years.
2: Yeah, and it's often the smartest guys and the best the, the best executives like Masai who are willing to do the things that no one else thinks possible or or would never even consider to, to be a reality and and they make it so. So yeah, let's let's hope so because I agree that that would be fantastic. Um, what else we got here? Oh, we have the uh, the these two two guys with Orlando. We already talked about Aaron Gordon, but Fournier or, or, or Terrence Ross. Take your pick from
1: those two. Uh, B rub uh, Fournier two. Um great offense but can't defend and expiring contract. so you're probably not going to pay him sounds Um, like Ross too.
2: (laughs) yeah i mean ross Ross is a good contract ross has
1: a a contract contract. he got a longer contract i don't know if it's a good contract but descending um, it's okay it's fine i'll go ross for 48 too just ross because ross has is signed for the next couple years i agree yeah i like the idea of ross coming in and going off for like
2: you know, you you never know. You can go up for thirty points in, in, in any game, and sometimes it's like it won't, you know, us, it, won't be against us anymore. It's always against us, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Him, him, and Middleton—that's what do they need to acquire? Um, Jeremy Grant Hardaway Jr. You put you you put on the uh,
0: on on the, on your list, Ryan. Uh, I pass right across Jeremy Grant there, impossible. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, I, 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 <laughs> we'll move on. I know you're on. We're on a deadline here. Uh, yeah, Hardaway Jr. Dallas is really bad, like surprisingly bad. Uh, he's a little too small. He's sort of Terrence Ross. You know, he's basically Terrence Ross, but Dallas. Um, sort of similar thing. <laughs> contract, similar player, similar. Um, so whatever. Not as good. Uh,
1: no,
0: you. Yeah, I mean, he's not as good a scorer. Um, mm-hmm. He's probably about as good of a total player. Uh, so, yeah, he's, like I said, Western Conference Terrence Ross.
1: Yeah, so that's, yeah. what do you give up for that? Like, two
0: seconds? I mean, you're gonna have to move first for some of these you're guys. Move move they have three for... years left. And it's your, first, yeah, like, again, it's your for Hardway Junior. Though Hardway Junior. is uh, expiring, so like that's. I thought he had another year left after. Oh no! no, no. It was never mind. It was a uh, Seth Curry who was the one who had a multi-year contract on, on theirs, and they already moved him, obviously to uh, to Philadelphia. And so and we yeah, talk about these second guys. Round, we, second round. We picks. talk about.
2: Oh, sorry, Hardaway Ross, Fournette. who like, whose minutes are they taking?
0: That's the problem with guys who are small, right? That's what I was saying. Like when it matters, they're not going to play because right. they're not going to they're not going to knock Smart or Kemba out. So. Who is it? The bigger guys could play in three different positions, or you know, possibly go small ball, something like that. They're, these are regular season signings. These are trying to score me points in the second quarter of a playoff game. They're obviously not crunch time guys. Right. Speaking of which,
2: uh, Celtics legend Austin Rivers potentially in, in the in the mix.
0: Uh, I don't know. I'm I would be very okay with not with not having Austin Rivers on the team. You can dribble. Yesterday, they, if they would have won the game yesterday, if they had him, that's sort of where I, you know, like that's the extent of what it matters is they could have beaten Sacramento without Kemba Walker if they had him probably. But you're again, second round picks, not a big deal.
1: Right. You, and, and he signed for cheap so for so, three years. That's the, that's the one upside for Austin Rivers. But that's pretty much the only upside, I think, with him.
0: You can deploy him against his father. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And
2: then and then uh, and his brother, pr- probably a, a, a better teammate uh and a better shooter uh garrett temple uh he 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 makes the rounds in the nba but yeah he's a guy that you can that you can plug in like a wayne ellington type that can that can hit some shots not gonna not gonna lose much for you he's probably a good guy in the locker room good guy behind the scenes and you don't have
0: to give up much right he was part of his inner circle and then they and then he was gone last year he was He's part of the inner circle um, of guys who he said, he said they would be keeping around and building around. Uh, yeah. Again, he's, these are the guys that we're talking about now where none of the guys that you want worked out. It's like, okay, well, we got this thing burning a hole in our pocket um, and we got these draft picks and they're just going to conflict with players that we already have. So like, we're going to go and use them and get somebody. And it's like, all right, he's, and again, he's six, five, like you want somebody who's six, eight and he's not big enough, but he's fine. If you ran out of options and everybody was asking for free first round picks and you can get a couple of seconds, like, sure.
1: One bonus option that wasn't on the list that I want to throw out to wrap up before we have to wrap up here, um, and we've talked about him before. I think Ryan Kyle Anderson. Um, I, he was, I was going to put him on my list too. I, I love it. He actually is hitting threes this year, thirty five percent on four attempts per game through sixteen games. Uh, six foot nine, so you can't. I mean, again, he's not much. He's an, he's an okay defender, I would say. Not not you're not going to you know be probably closing games with him um but he can rebound he can pass um thoughts
0: yeah i mean i wouldn't complain if he was the guy again it's you know i I think he's better than some of these smaller guys that we're talking about um i'll rich i'll throw to you another bonus guy maxi Kleber. maxi Kleba, um again on on dallas he's more of a power forward but he can shoot and defend and like i think that he would be another kind of similar guy in that position where again he's probably not gonna be closing for you but uh, he fills a positional need kyle anderson plays an entirely different style but uh, both of those guys yeah at least are on the, the bigger end of the spectrum
2: yeah and he's a guy that in a pinch you saw you know, last year in the playoffs like when when, when porzingis was down that he can he can go out there and compete at that level right you know you don't you don't want to count on him that much but like in worst case scenario if he if he's getting maybe around 20 minutes a game i think he can help you a little bit you probably don't want too much more than that
0: but yeah he, he, it's, he's a he's an active body and, and... it defends really hard he, Does he? Yeah, I mean, he's mostly on on offense. He's sort of a stand around corner shooter type of guy mostly, uh, but he works really hard on D. And he's been—I've seen him play decent defense against some some of the bigger wings. You know, like I think he had a game last year where he had to like defend LeBron. And I mean, obviously he's losing that battle because he's, but he's trying. Like he's actually out there and not just like getting traffic coned.
2: Yeah, but I think just to bring this full full circle, like you said, if it comes down to some of these names that we've talked about at the end of the conversation here, it will be a little bit anticlimactic when it comes down to this TPE and what we thought uh, that you know losing Gordon like that might do for this team. Hopefully, it's one. Hopefully, it's again. It's, it's the Gordons or or the Nances or 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 even OG, right? Let let, let let's pray for OG. Um, but either way, we think we think we think it's coming. Something's coming. It's got to be coming.
1: It is, and we're probably going to be having this conversation for three more times in the next six weeks as we wait, but yeah, get,
0: those, um, get the listens by exactly.
1: We have to cover things change quickly in two weeks. Yeah. Subscribe, um,
0: subscribe rate and review to, to hear more of our trade thoughts in the coming weeks. Exactly. <laughs> you can't get enough
1: of them. Um, all right. That'll do it for this episode of the winning place pod. Uh, listen to Ryan's subscribe rate review, uh, hit us up on Twitter at winning place pod. And we'll be back with you guys next week as the, uh, See, try to wrap this uh, trip up on on an up note.